0: Welcome to a special edition of the Kindness Chronicles, where we hope to inject the world with a dose of the Minnesota nice that it desperately needs now more than ever. Uh, I got uh, KG in Winnipeg. Hello, KG.
1: Hello, Johnny. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. Uh, we're having a little special edition of this show because Kevin grew up in Burnsville, his parents still live in Burnsville, and we... Uh, would like to spend a couple of minutes talking about the tragedy that took place over the weekend down in Burnsville. But let's start on a lighter note. You uh, enjoyed probably a very interesting, historic Minnesota Wild game yesterday. What was that like?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, it was the perfect day for it because it was President's Day and the Wild had a great idea this big promotion, special ticket prices, kids got these little naughty dolls. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, there were 19,000 fans, and I'm not joking, half of them were junior high or younger. And so it was a different atmosphere than than most other wild games right off the the start. And to have that game unfold the way it did, you're playing the team in Vancouver that has the most points in the National Hockey League, (coughs) and – you know, the Wild are getting, you know, and not that it was any big surprise, Vancouver's been rolling this year, and it's 5 too late in the second. It's kind of a bummer. There's no, you know, no real buzz in the building. And the Wild get a couple of, uh, you know, Vancouver guys to the penalty box. They have a 5-on-3 late in the second period. And they already missed on a 5-on-3 back in the first period. So you're thinking, well, if they get one here, at least it'll be interesting. And sure enough, Matt Zuccarello scores kind of a goofy goal, at the end of the second period the banks off the skate of a uh, Vancouver defenseman it goes in so it's 5-3 after two and you're like all right well it's competitive it's high scoring
0: well and it's that it's two goal the two goal lead which there we all go. know is what we
1: all know the two goal leads the most dangerous lead in hockey Absolutely, I don't think we all know though that any team much less than minnesota, the minnesota wild they're going to score seven goals in the third <laughs> period and you know, throughout the course of the game, Vancouver has a guy named J.T. Miller who's just a stud. He gets a hat trick. Yeah. And lo and behold, when the Wilds start this rally, it's the usual suspect. It's Zuccarello. It's Boldy. It's Eck. It's Kaprizov. They score seven goals in the third period. Now a couple are empty netters, but it ends up being Eck, hat trick, Kaprizov, hat trick. Three players in the same game with a hat trick. 17 total goals. And I'm not kidding you. If you didn't see the game, if you were busy doing something else on, on Monday, it was just rapid fire. Like, they would score a goal. Adam Abrams, our PA announcer, would be announcing the goal, and they'd score another goal, and the horn <laughs> just kept going off, and Vancouver kept taking penalties. It was, it was comical, and I've been doing this for 18 years. I've never seen anything like it.
0: So Eck X, X was the first one to get to the hat trick, right? Yep. And there were a whole bunch of $40 hats thrown onto the ice, which always is intriguing to me that, you know, these young kids, they don't realize uh, that mom and dad probably spent 50 bucks on that cap. And there it is on the ice. What do they do with all those hats, for starters? Do you know?
1: I do. They collect them and they give them away for charity. Okay. So they do have a bin. They get them cleaned And and they do give them away to charity. Yes, they do. Okay. Um, Great question because, you know, hat tricks don't happen that often. We probably get five, six, seven hat tricks a year. We don't normally get three in one game. And uh, I get that question a lot. And so I had to do some digging, but they actually do make sure that they get them cleaned up and give them away, which I think is a good idea.
0: So let me ask you this. When JT Miller got the hat trick, were there any hats tossed on the ice?
1: Not many. But Um, there there were were some. Vancouver fans. There were some. Okay. I would say a, a, smattering of six, eight, ten hats. Okay, now so when Eck got his, there were boatloads of hats, and whoever didn't throw their hat for Eck, a bunch threw their hats for Capri. Oh, so there, there <laughs> were hats, hats
0: left over.
1: There were some hats left over. You know, you got you got nineteen thousand people, and I suppose after seeing multiple hat tricks, they probably got guilted into throwing out there at the end. Sure. Just always
0: intrigued by that whole thing. Like, I, I imagine Eck gets his hat tricked. Dad says, Oh, damn, I'll go buy you another hat. Comes back, and there goes another hat because soft got his. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm what a throwing f- mine. No, like, no,
1: seriously, like, if I'm at a game, I, I usually wear my favorite hat. I'm not throwing mine. So, you know, you want to call me an old curmudgeon, go ahead. But I'm not throwing my hat on the ice.
0: Well, and I've got such a, an enormous head, there's only a handful of hats that actually fit my melon. <laughs> So I'm not throw, If I find one that fits, I'm not getting rid of it. That's why I wear visors all the time because I'm not restricted.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's and,
0: and and it's it's the height of the melon that that's really oh, probably sure. my biggest problem. You know, you can't pull. The, <laughs> my cranial situation is probably not fodder for, for good conversation.
1: there's there's a lot
0: going on. By the way, today is Kevin Gorg's birthday. Happy birthday, yeah, KG. Great.
1: This is Thank a- you. You know, it's funny, John, when you're younger, birthdays are such a big deal, and the older I get, I appreciate them. I appreciate another trip around the sun, <clears throat> as some say, but I don't really make a big, like, you know what, I don't, like, get it out there, like, hey, it's my birthday, because, you know, I'm 57 now, and it's just
0: wow, even
1: closer to 60. 50 wasn't that big a deal for me. But I can tell already that when I turn sixty, it's going to be a, a thing, and I don't want it to be a thing yet. So, well, in
0: two and, and a half years, years, you can withdraw from your retirement fund without penalty. I mean, that's oh, how great. old you're getting.
1: Oh my god! And now, yeah, like no one's, gonna, no one's
0: going to no one's going to question you if you want the fifty-five and, and 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 over deal at Perkins.
1: That part is great. You
0: know, there's a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: guess. something like that. But uh, the the main reason I wanted to chat with you today a little bit is about the uh, the incident that took place down in Burnsville, and uh, we're going to put as much as we can a uh, a kind twist on this. But I think that um, there uh, I think it was was it Sunday night?
1: It was yeah Saturday night into Sunday Saturday
0: morning. night into Sunday morning. Uh, two police officers, one by the name of Paul Elmstrand and Matthew Ruge. Forgive me for mispronouncing it if I did, but. Ruge
1: is exactly right.
0: 27 year old cops. I mean, I know the age of our children, not much older than our children. And then a uh, 40 uh, year old firefighter paramedic named Adam Finseth. And uh, just what a shocking, terrible event to happen.
1: Yeah, you and I both have a lot of mutual friends uh, that are first responders, mostly police officers. In fact, I saw one of our very good mutual friends work in the wild game yesterday in in, uh, Master Commander Tim Flynn. And, and, uh, you know, it hits home. Um, These folks go to work every day knowing they might not come home. And I I just don't think. I mean, they literally do that. I mean, it can't be understated. that's, That's a fact. And. You know, I got to tell you, um, this is a heartbreaking story and it's heartbreaking from a lot of different angles. First and foremost, the families of these first responders who no longer will have dad uh, or their husband, um, somebody's son, you know, somebody's brother. It's just, it's gut wrenching. Um, and I don't know what the solution is. And I, I really do. I feel awful for the girlfriend and the seven children that were put through that horror. Oh yeah. And, uh. You know, I, I think I've already seen some some pretty positive steam on social media to raise some money for, for both the, uh, the families of the first responders and the families uh, and those kids. Uh, it just, you know, domestic abuse is not something you see often. And, you know, we, we, I think, John, you and I live in the same bubble, you know, in the suburbs where we don't see a lot of this, but it's out there and it, it has to be fixed. And I don't know. I'm not going to pre- pretend I have a, a magic elixir to fix it, but I guess if you see it, it that it's going on, if you have warning signs uh, and you're around it, we need to do a better job of giving people help. And I think it's, it's easy to sit back and say, well, she should have done this and these kids should have done that. But it's different than you know when you're in it, like when you're in that situation, it's a whole hell of a lot different when somebody's threatening to take your life or your kid's life, if you make that call. So people that are around it have to do a better job. And I think families have to do a better job. Like, you know, my question was when this whole thing went down um, and I'm not going to talk about the suspect's name, but let's just say the suspect, who's in his immediate family that knows he's got some issues and needs some help. Right. Who, are, who are the people there that failed it to say, listen, you know, this is not acceptable. We need to get you some help or we need to get you locked up. I don't know what it is, but it's just, there needs to be more done.
0: It, it's very interesting because all these incidents become fodder for political debate. And it's really sad that that's where people immediately go with this. And, you know, at some point we can talk about the fact that if we actually enforced the laws that we had, people that, that shouldn't have guns that have been in trouble because of guns, if the laws are enforced the way that they're supposed to be enforced, maybe those people are in long enough that they realize that the punishment is real and they're not going to try it again. Mental illness is very real. The thing that I couldn't stop thinking about was a couple of weeks ago, we had Julia Yock from the Canvas Health Organization, and Mm -hmm. she was talking about the fact that they have these embedded sociologists. That go out with the Columbia Heights Police Department, for example, and when there's a a domestic call like this, these licensed therapists will go out with the police and help diffuse the situation. And, you know, you never even think about the fact that they're putting their lives in, in, in danger, you know, when you're a police sure. officer, it's one thing. And the poor guy, the, the, the first responder that got killed, or the, the paramedic that got killed, he's out there trying to help one of these cops that gets shot, and then he gets shot. The bravery is beyond imagination, if you ask me.
1: I couldn't do it. I don't know how. I mean, honestly, I'm so impressed with uh, with these men and women that that go out there and do this on a regular basis. It's incredible. They are 100% heroes. I mean I just am in awe of the courage that you know in that situation, as it escalated, and this was hours upon hours. It took you know almost the entire overnight uh, time frame. Uh, they knew that, that that guy had weapons, and he was they they were there to try to protect and to save those kids yeah. and those seven kids, and they put their life on the line. Now, eventually, they lost their life, with, which is just awful. It makes me sick to even think about it, but I mean, that kind of courage, um, you know, and, and I think the narrative has to also change too. Like, I get it. You know, there were, there were some, some bad apples, um, right here locally in the twin cities in many, I get it. Like what, what we saw a couple years ago was wrong. I get it. But I'm telling you from my, and you know, now 57 years of data being around this community in the twin cities that, 95 to 98% of these men and women are unbelievable people. And so don't let a, a small selection of that community spoil your opinion of what is a collective, amazing group of human beings. And I'm lucky enough because of where I work to be around these folks. They are all over the Exo Energy Center, every single uh, wild game. They're there to protect all the people that come to those games, to create a safe situation coming in, leaving, enjoying the games, they're in all the concerts, they're everywhere. They're there for us. And this is a stark reminder of the fact that these folks literally put their lives on the line. Every single day they go to work, they know that that could be a part of the program. And so this this has to be a situation, once again, where we're reminded how special these people are.
0: And, you know, everybody, the, the thing that irritates me the most is how on both sides people are using this as an opportunity to, to oh. advance some political agenda. For example, one of the comments that I heard was, well, where does the parade, you know, where does the, the, demonstration. the demonstration start in in honor of these these police officers? And I will say this. On a positive note, I happened to just by chance I was down in Mankato yesterday, visiting a uh, an old ninety nine year old friend of mine who is uh, hmm. in hospice care. And on the way home, I was driving up one sixty nine, and apparently the uh, the first responder they were going to be taking the first responder to Jordan, Minnesota, because I think that's where the funeral was going to take place. Oh, and on sure. every overpass. There were like I saw Chaska cops, there were Shakopee cops, and fire state. So there was in a, a, a effectively a, a parade honoring that particular uh, first responder. There's also the people that are like, "What is Governor Wall's doing there?" Using it as an opportunity to draw attention to himself. When two and a half years ago he was a defund the police guy, it's like you know what? It, let's just not talk about that now. I think they're yeah. both legitimate. Uh, You know, conversations, Um, you know, obviously there are way too many guns, but the guns, unfortunately, it's not the the number of guns. It's the bad people that got them. And we got to do something to I think it just boils down to let's enforce the laws that we have on the books. And if you're a person that makes a bad choice with the gun, you got to you got to be punished for it. I think that's the only answer, but we're not going to get into that. The other thing that I was really just impressed by was the number of people that made their way down to Burnsville to drop off flowers, to drop off mementos of appreciation at the city hall or at the fire station, police station down there. Did you see those, those uh, police and, uh, and paramedic vehicles, the number of bouquets of flowers that were placed on the hoods of those cars?
1: It was awesome. I did see it. And I can tell you, walking around the the building yesterday at the wild game, and there's a lot of officers in that building and just seeing the people walking up and thanking them for what they do. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. I always think there's a ripple effect. And and, and I wish we didn't have to go through these situations. You know, during the wild game yesterday, we paid tribute to the fallen officers and paramedic. And it was hard not to get choked up. And Ryan Carter's up in the booth to kind of dovetail off, me basically just going over the fact that we're devastated by the news and we're, we're thinking of these folks and praying for their families. And, you know, Ryan Carter has a point too. He's like, listen, my dad was a St. Paul cop for 30 years. And back in the early 90s, went through that horrible situation where officers were killed in the line of duty yeah. for his friends.
0: Ronnie so Ryan had
1: a completely different perspective on this. And, you know, there, there will be positives that come out of it. Um, but I just, I hate it. I hate the fact that, these kids are gone at such a young age. I mean, 40 and 27, just life cut short. It just doesn't need to be that way. And I, I just, I don't know what the solution is. I, and it's not political for me at all. None of this is political. I just, I want less guns. I want less violence. I want less women uh, being abused, less kids being abused. And I, again, <laughs> you know, it's funny because you talk to people and the, and the thoughts and prayers, it gets old, right? Cause we've, we've said it time and time again, the school shootings and oh thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. All, it's all I have to give right now. And, and uh, if there are some charitable things we can give to them I'm all for it, and we'll try to pump that up for sure here yep. on our podcast, but I don't know what the, the real solutions are, John.
0: Yeah. The opportunity to support these families, I'm sure will be, will be very abundant over the next couple of weeks. I, I, I just think that the the outpouring of love that you saw. I saw a lot of parents with their little kids and the little kids saluting the police cars. And it's unfortunate that it takes a tragedy like this for people to really recognize how dangerous this job is. And it's a thankless job in many respects Um but we just need to be more thankful for these people, and I love the fact that during the hockey game yesterday, people were appreciating these police officers. And yeah, there's uh, there's no easy answer to uh, to that, no doubt.
1: Well, no, we have to celebrate these these uh, these fallen heroes too. I think their names need to be uh, put out there and celebrated as much as possible here in the coming months because. Yeah, let's name a school they after them. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, they, they're they're really the, the ones that, that are the real heroes in our world. And I think that we're going to get into a situation here where less and less people are going to want to do that job. And so we're already there. Already, well, and that's the scary part. We are probably already there. And, you know, days like we saw this weekend in Burnsville and narratives like we've seen for the last couple of years, are, are crippling our police forces and I again you and I both have friends I've had this conversation with people that know far more than I'll ever know about it they live it every day and uh, you know I think it's awful easy to, to take them for granted they've always been there and there's always been that negative connotation maybe you've been pulled over and got a ticket you know when you were a young kid like I certainly was um, but man I tell you um, they're just so vital. Uh, in our, in our world and, and so important and need to be celebrated. So um, it's heartbreaking. Um, I, I think that there will be good that comes out of this. It's just, it's so, it's just so damn sad. We had to lose those lives and, and go through this. I wish there was a, a way they could have diffused the situation without all this loss of life.
0: Well, one of the things that we're doing at Masonic Charities this year is for the first time when we're doing our uh, scholarship vetting for our scholarship uh, applications that we're getting in, we are paying special attention to those individuals that uh, suggest that they're going to pursue a career in a service field, meaning if you're going to be a person that wants to be a nurse or you're a person that wants to be a police officer, those two things specifically, or a teacher, we're turning a kind eye towards those applications because you know, those are people that I saw yesterday when I was down at this nursing home down uh, near Mankato, the care and concern that those nurses have for those people that are on their their, their last days, weeks of life, and just mm. the, the the dignity and the just love that they have for these people, and they do it constantly. I mean, this, is, this oh. isn't just, you know, a one-and-done thing. It's like every day... That's what they choose to do for their living. And I'm telling you, there is a special place in heaven for people that choose to do that kind of work. I have a quick question. You, you know, Burnsville a little bit, spent a little yeah. time down there. Where, do you know where this was in Burnsville?
1: I do. Um, so I, I, I was, uh, down in my, in my uh, parents' house on Sunday morning. I went down to, uh, to see them before I uh, left town this week. And, so I, um, was down there talking to them. It was a scheduled trip down there. I go down there once a week to help out with some stuff around the house. So anyway, I get done and I'm driving to, uh, to St. Paul because the wild had a practice on Sunday, uh, at Tria Rink. And so I, I knew it was around the Burnham Wood Golf Course. So I took a, a route from my parents' house, which is just off 35 W more towards 35 E. And so if you go by Burnham Wood Golf Course and you're, you're heading towards St. Paul. So, kind of Northeast. And then you get to County road 11. It's right off of County road 11, probably a mile or so from the Wood golf course. It's probably two miles from where my parents live off of Burnsville Parkway and okay. 35W. And it's a, it's a, it's a nice area. It's, it's always been an area where, um, uh, most of those kids would, would end up going to Burnsville high school. It's not far from the high school, probably a couple of miles. Okay. And, um, it was all blocked off, so obviously I couldn't get real close, nor did I want to. Yeah, but, uh, looky I didn't look. See all the vehicles lined up, and yeah, the sad thing is, is this cannon probably does happen as far as domestic disputes, you know, far too often, and it breaks your heart. And you, you just um, and when it hits close to home, you have those conversations, like you know, this could happen anywhere. So it's just it's you know, I turned the Today Show on yesterday before I went to work, which was Monday morning. And it's one of the lead stories on today's Show. And they're talking about your hometown. That That's just. Uh, it's unbelievable. I, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. You know, and let's not forget. And you mentioned it
0: earlier that there are uh, seven children who no longer have a dad. And maybe this dad wasn't the greatest guy um, and obviously had his uh, his issues. Um, but did you hear the story that like he was asking the kids if they wanted to go with him? Like, do you want to die with me? I don't know if you and heard again, that
1: he, he himself in front of those kids. Yeah. It's just, it's an evil. And I, 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 did hear, um, secondhand that, that uh, from a reliable source that, uh, his girlfriend spoke and said, listen, he was evil. He was pure evil. But remember those kids knew nothing else as far as right. a dad goes, they only get one dad and that was their dad. And that love is unconditional. So they're, they're a mess and having to live through that horror,
0: I just, it's, yeah. I don't I, understand it. I read somewhere that, uh, you know, so three of the children were from a previous relationship and those kids, uh, the dad had custody of those kids primarily because of the uh, economic situation that he was in. Like he could, he apparently had a decent job. I don't know where he worked, but you know, I think about, you know, what, what, how are those kids going to live? I mean, what, who's going to care for those kids and just the psychological, you know, 15 years old down to two, you know, I, it's just, it's just, there is nothing good about that story other than the fact that I think that, uh, you know, the best, the best in people comes out, the best in people come out, comes out, come out, comes out, comes out when In in the worst of times, so
1: I think people will step up too. I, I think, um, you know, if you look at, at the world we live in today and here's a critical kind of a crossroads for this, for this group of kids, right? Seven kids and, um, and his girlfriend left to kind of pick up the pieces. You know, how, how we as, as a community kind of rally around them. This, this was not their fault. They had nothing to do with this, this person that they were involved with it's pure evil, but they still have a life that needs to be taken care huh. of. And, you know, they probably need to be a little bit deprogrammed from what they've seen. Um, I mean, you know, I, I can't relate. Like I, nope. my dad had some bad habits and I've picked up on some of them. Like I'm becoming, like we all do our parents a little bit. Oh yeah. But remember it's a lot easier when you're John Schweitzer or Kevin Gorg than when you're in a different situation. And, um, I, I just, I, I do, I pray for those kids. I, um, I, I really truly hope somehow some way they can get through this and live a quality life. But you know what? I mean, it sucks. And, and, and again, I don't want to take away from any of the um, emotion involved with the, the families that, of those first responders. It's totally Absolutely garbage not, what they're right. dealing with too. It's just awful, and their their kids are going to have all kinds of trauma because they don't have their dad, and and their dad's gone at such a young age. I mean, forty and twenty seven. My God, it's just it's just um. It's a horrific situation indeed well
0: you uh, enjoy the uh, the good life up in Winnipeg it's uh, is the game tomorrow night It's
1: tonight oh it's yeah, tonight so we've, it's a, it's, a, it's the best type of and again the people here in Winnipeg are lovely it's just not one of my favorite stops along the way so you get in you play the game and you get out and uh, we'll be back home before we know it
0: you'll be are you coming home tonight?
1: Come home tonight, day off on Wednesday, and then we fly out on Thursday for a trip that takes us this weekend to Edmonton and Seattle, oh. and then uh, then we're home for a while.
0: you going to go see some Kraken. Nice.
1: The Kraken will be there.
0: All right. Well, KG, thanks for uh, taking the time uh, for this special edition of the Kindness Chronicles, and let's keep all those people in our thoughts and prayers,
1: and uh, off we go. Off we go.